service of worship this morning here in Daravogi, whether you join us in person or online, it's great to have you with us. Today we celebrate another milestone in our Christian calendar. We have just come through Easter, acknowledge Jesus' departure on Ascension Day, and today we celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and pray that he will help us to understand and share our faith with others. sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. We have a second reading this morning, and it's from Acts 2, 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Hygiera, Tigera and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. <laughs> Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. <clears throat> in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. 
the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, Helen. So we continue um, this series of um, women of faith, stories of uh, ladies, characters, uh, individuals uh, in the scriptures. Uh, we've already heard through this series of the characters we read off in the Bible are often help us, um, are often held up as perfection, um, but we know that they're not. Uh, even the scriptures teach us, and if we delve into it, that those people were not perfect. And yet God used their struggles with faith and life to draw them to himself. And he can do the same for us today. We've looked at Mary and Martha. How Martha um, created the space for the environment. How she invited Jesus in. And we look at Mary. Um, how she displays um, that moment of devotion that enables the Lord's presence to be manifested in that place. We know a lady called Elizabeth. The mother of John the Baptist. A quiet and faithful obedience that spoke volumes to the world around her. She made others sit up and take notice. Because she was faithful and quiet and went about what she'd been asked to do. We noticed that just one touch from the king changes everything with a lady who had been bleeding uh, for over 10 years. <coughs> and last week, we looked at the lady at the well. We had an unexpected visit from Jesus. We were challenged or encouraged, if you like, to look for those unexpected moments that Jesus might visit us in the week that has just gone. So how did you get on with that? Did you look for it? Did you experience Jesus in a different way this week that's just went? Or do we carry on with the humdrum of our daily lives and miss those opportunities? This week, we're looking at this lady, um, simply described as a widow, often called the widow's mite, or the widow's offering, with the theme that all that I have. Yeah, another unnamed lady. Scriptures don't give her a name. Uh, so many of these individuals that we've looked at don't have names, uh, but yet have significance in the story of God, a relevance for us today. Let's pray as we look at that. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to once again look at a story, an individual from the scriptures. To try to glean from her story what might be relevant for us today. On this Pentecost Sunday, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit present with us, that our lives will be changed and transformed forever <laughs> by your truth. In your name we pray. Often if we come to look at stories in the scripture, we need to look at where they're set, the context, that they're not just the cultural context of the day, but the culture, the context, the place that it's set um, in the, the scriptures as well. You see, this is in the middle of Jesus last week. Palm Sunday has happened, the triumphal entry has happened, he's been welcomed into Jerusalem with shouts of Hosanna, Hallelujah, the king comes riding on a donkey. 
The palm leaves left on the ground with their jackets, welcoming the king. Jesus has taught about the parable of the tenants. And that idea that what we've been given to us, we need to be faithful and true to it. Because much will be asked of us whenever we're asked, what did we do with it? And so those who just simply go out and bury it, and will be asked, why did you not use it for something? For those who squander it, will be asked, well, what did you squander it for? But for those who invest what the Lord has given us and make it multiply for his kingdom, much reward will be given to us. That's what the scriptures teach us. Jesus is taught about paying taxes. Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and unto the Lord what is Lord's. He's talked about relationships, the coming and the going of individuals and the relationships that they have. He's given and been challenged by which one of all the law that there is, Jesus, Rabbi, which one is the greatest? And Jesus says the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind, and the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. And he's also called out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees in this book. And then we come to this story. And so the busyness of this final week of Jesus' life on earth Jesus takes a moment to sit down at the temple gates and watch. This lady was probably passed by, unseen, by many who had gathered for worship at the temple. That melee, that mix of lots of individuals gathering from across the nation into the temple. And this lady would have went about unnoticed. Yet Jesus sat down and took time to observe. Mark chapter 12, if you have your Bible open in front of you, it's Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and he watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. I don't know, have you ever, have you ever people watched? we all have, haven't we? We've all sat in a coffee shop and we've observed uh, people about us or we've sat on the prom in Port Stewart or in Newcastle or wherever it might be and we've watched other people and whoever's with you maybe you've made comments on what it is that they're doing or observing what it is that's happening. Sometimes we think, what are they after? Like seriously, can she not park a car? Or what on earth is he wearing? Who let him out of the house looking like that today? Gosh, them parents look absolutely frazzled, don't they? Oh my word. And so we sit and we observe and we people watch those around us. And inside or verbally, we make comments, if you like. And that's exactly what was happening here. There's a moment where Jesus, in the busyness of the humdrum of the last week of his life on earth, sat down and began to observe. And whether we like it or not, others are watching what we do. Because if we're sitting in Newcastle or Port Stewart, people watching, you can be pretty certain there's somebody else watching what it is that we've been doing. And saying, wow, look how that man can park that car. (laughs) Or he must have been let out alone today without his wife. Look how dazzling he looks. So whether we like it or not, other people are watching what it is that we do. And so what we do matters. 
see at the entrance to that temple courts, there had been a large vessel, normally made of metal. And that's where people would have placed um, their offerings into. And, and since COVID, actually, as we returned after lockdown, that's almost a practice that we have got used to, isn't it? That we place our offerings in the basket in the porch before we come in. It's commonplace now to see many people simply approach and place their offering into that basket before they come in. First couple of weeks, many people would have come in and went, oh, forgot to put that in. <laughs> have to go back out again or whatever. It only happens to one or two. I will not say who the return offenders are now. But so in that sense, we kind of get that idea of placing an offering into a jar on the way in. But if we place ours in an envelope and into a basket that's lined, it makes no noise. This would be a large metal container. And I would imagine, as it says in first, uh, at the end of verse 41, many rich people threw in large amounts of money. You can imagine them lifting large amounts of coins and dropping them in and the clamour and the clatter that it would have made would have taken other people to sit up and notice and go, whoa, that's a lot of coins, isn't it? And along comes this lady who drops in two small copper coins that realistically make a very different noise or barely no noise at all. So she wouldn't necessarily have been noticed as she dropped those in because her noise was completely different to the clamour of those who wanted to be noticed. And so what we do matters. Not in the sense that we should do what matters. Rather, what we do matters. In other words, we don't do things just to be seen. We do them rather that they are the right thing to do. In, the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. In other places in the scripture, it talks about giving with a cheerful heart. It talks about our attitude being the important part as we give. And so this lady, even though her noise made little noise at all, even though she would have went about unnoticed compared to those who wanted to be noticed, her heart was in the right place. And Jesus calls that out. Verse 43, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow was put in more into the treasury than all the others. And you can almost imagine the disciples going, really? I didn't hear him going in there. The man too before, I'm sure, that deafened everybody with the clamour and the clatter that that made. This poor widow put in two very small copper coins worth only the fraction of a penny. Listen to that description again. A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. All of this implies that she wasn't worth much, nor worth noticing much. But she exhibited an attitude of gratitude. She was giving back to God what he, what she could give with a thankful heart. Isn't that what Jesus meant 
whenever he called those disciples to him and he said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. So we bring this into the context of us today and how we give our offerings back to God, how we use what God has given to us preachers included as he talked about this. As we give what is, we use what is given to us, how do we use that back and sow that back into the kingdom of God with a generous heart, with a thankful heart, with a heart that says, God, use what I can give. As we push into lots of other things in this parish with a Sam's worker coming in, in September with uh, other things in, in the pipeline around buildings and all kinds of stuff, then our generous and thankful hearts are what is important as we consider what or how we support mission and ministry in this parish. Verse 44, Jesus says, They gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all that she had to live on. When was the last time that could have been said of you or me? We gave all that we could give. I don't think this story is placed here in a reckless way. That we should give away everything and expect the Lord or going to provide a house and a car and all of those things just tomorrow morning like that. I don't think that's what it's saying, but I think what it is saying is that we need to recognize and realize that everything that we have is given to us by the Lord, and we are stewards of it. And so as good stewards of it, we give back our first fruits to him. We give back the best of what we have to him, and he blesses us abundantly in the process. That's not a health and wealth gospel. That's a biblical understanding of how we repay back to God what he has given to us. We give back to God what he has already given to us with a generous heart, with an attitude of gratitude, with a premise that I am not doing this to be seen. In the Lord, will and does bless us. And each Sunday, as we receive the offering, I have a prayer that I pray, and it's the same prayer near enough every Sunday. Thank you for the gifts that have been given to us and returned to you. Make us wise stewards of them, we pray, O Lord. Because that's our offering of worship in that moment, isn't it? As we remember in this Pentecost Sunday that Jesus died and rose again for us and that he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. This is the birthday of the church. This is the day that the church was born. And the understanding that we, the body of Christ, are in existence to show his love and his grace and his mercy and his wisdom his forgiveness, that we are his expression on this earth now. There is no plan B. Take a look around. We're it. We are the church in this place. We are the expression of God's body, his hands, his feet, his eyes, and his ears. And we are strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit who is present with us today. And so our prayer today has to be and must be, come Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. 
not that we don't think he is already here, we know he is here, but in the welcome that we offer to him, we open our lives and our bodies before him and say, come and be about your business, we pray, O Lord. And he will strengthen us and empower us to be the people that we need to be, to be the expression of his love and his grace and his forgiveness in this world. With generous hearts, with hearts that are overflowing, with hearts that comes and says, God, I give it back to you. That you might bless me and this place, we pray, O Lord. Verse 44. They gave all out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all that she had to live on. The rich gave to be seen. The widow gave to be thankful. The rich came with a huge amount of coins and the clamour and the clatter to be noticed by everybody around them. So they could have the accolades and the applause of the people watchers saying, well done. The widow came and quietly dropped all that she had to say, thank you, God. didn't conclude that her gift was too meager to offer. Because actually, she could have. As I read that story, I often try to imagine those stories in my own head. And as I often read that story, I almost imagine her hanging back, watching, holding, and watching all those other richer people go before her, and the noise that their offering would make, and the way in which the crowd would adulate around them. And she could have held back. She could have said to herself, Sure, what difference is mine going to make? I'm going to look silly now. But she didn't seem to consider that her gift was too meager to offer. considered her gift was all that she had and then all that she had was more than enough to offer to the Lord because that's all he ever requires of us she gave what she could in faith she had the grace to believe in the smallness of her gift because her heart was pure she had the grace to believe in the smallness of her gift because her heart was pure. So as we walk into this next week, may we believe in the smallness of our gift and may our heart expand with the love and the grace that God has given to us and the power and the truth of his Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you that you are present with us. And so in this space at this time, we, we pause. We pause to consider what it is that you require of us. Giving thanks for everything that you have given to us. So in this moment, Lord, would you speak softly, Lord, shout loudly as to what it is that you need us or want us or desire us to offer. 
change and mold and reshape our hearts, we pray. That your kingdom would come. That your will would be done. That your strength would be so evident in this place that many others are drawn into your kingdom. <coughs> in your precious name we pray. Uh, pray together as we close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen.